Ephesians chapter 5, I'll make sure, yep. <clears throat> and it's all those lovely verses that everyone just loves, so Ephesians, of course, that is not Ephesians, that would be a lot more fun to read, is everybody here tonight? Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, go down, to, we're going to begin in verse 21, so we have, we have, well actually we go back to verse 19. The context, um, I'm sorry, verse 18. The context is at the end there being filled with the Spirit and all that follows pretty much, in my own opinion, even almost to the end of the, chap, end of the book, uh, is still under context of being filled with the Spirit. But it talks about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Verse 20 talks about giving thanks. Verse 21 enters the realm of submission, submitting ourselves one to another. And then he goes on into a few specific examples of what that would be. Another one would be Ephesians 6, children obey your parents. Okay, But we're here in verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, some of you are going, well, how can we not talk to the husbands? Well, I'll get a reminder. We already talked to the husbands. We already got them on verses 25 and later, so now it's the ladies' turn. So, <clears throat> amen, let's pray. Father, we thank you very much for the day. We ask that you would... Um, Lord, guide and direct with our lives and our hearts tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me, uh, Lord, good wisdom in presentation and that you would speak to all of our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I do have, I'm sorry, I've got a, uh, still working on a little bit of a cough, so I'm trying to, I still have something in my mouth and it's irritating me right now, so I might end up getting rid of it, but. So we're continuing the chairs teaching, the C-H-A-I-R-S, about wives and their husbands. Remember, C was for conquest. C was for conquest, that men are designed to work. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. Men are, men are goal-oriented, uh, achievement-oriented, accomplish-oriented. And when men, when men aren't in that realm, usually they find themselves... Uh, not feeling very good about themselves, let's just put it that way. So H, H is for hierarchy. Now, <clears throat> before all the ladies start getting uptight, or even the guys uptight about what, what life might be like afterwards when they go home, uh, um, I'm going to start with this. When we talk to the guys, I want to remember, we need to remember this, that nowhere does the Bible say that husbands are to subject their wives. That's not Bible. It's not in there. The Bible doesn't say that a man has the right to force obedience from his wife. It's not, you'll never find it. Now what you do find is instructions to the man on how to be a husband and instructions to the wife on how to be a wife. And when he speaks to the wife, this is what he says. You submit yourself. 
You do it. You submit yourself. So we're going to talk a little bit more, and I know there's some folks that be like, but why? Why do we got to do that? And why should I obey this? Insert whatever nice little adjective you might like to put in there. Why, why should I have to obey him? He makes mistakes. He makes bad decisions sometimes and this and that. You know, all the while not admitting that, you know, it's like all the decisions that women make are just perfect, right? Don't answer that, ladies, if you're going to say yes, because, you know. <laughs> it's funny how there's a subdued laughter. Like people are going, hope nobody heard that. It's just one of those things. You know, lady, ladies can, you know, amongst themselves, and I'm speaking generally, I'm not trying to point it, but, you know, you look at the world, women can make a mistake and laugh amongst themselves, but a guy makes the same mistake and it's the end of the world. And I'm just, you know, being funny, everybody follow me along. So here's what hierarchy does not mean. Hierarchy is not saying males are to dominate females. That's not what hierarchy means. It doesn't mean, well, it's a man's world after all. Uh, No, men and women are created in the image of God. There's... There's man created in the image of God represented in a male form and there's females created in the image of God representing in the female form. They are both to give God glory in the form that God has given them. It's not just a man's world. It's, it's God's world. Amen. And it does not say that men are superior and women are inferior. You're, again, that's not, you're not going to find those ideas in scripture. Now you often find them with men and with man-made religions. Often, often you find those things. And I'll tell you, any husband that's good-willed, good intention, will tell you things along this line. Well, they might joke about checking with the boss or whatever, but honestly, they respect their wife's opinion. A good man, usually there's some sense of understanding, well, I respect his opinion, um, I mean, her opinion, I wonder what she thinks. They'll, they'll tell you about their wife. I remember hearing my dad talk with respect. And I'm telling you, when a man speaks in terms of respect, that's high praise about, about my, my dad taught him how he respected my mom and, and how gifted they were. Any guy that's paying attention to all the things that their wives do, know that your, your woman is a wonder. I just thought of that. That makes her a wonder woman. Anyways, so you guys, we can... Uh, Let me look at guys a little bit. Can you blame women for being a little fearful when this topic comes up? Let's just be honest about this. Has this topic been misused by men and religions across the world to to put in some form of men are better, women are less hierarchy, and even led to horrendous and abusive treatment that that frankly there was a day when a, a, group of, a group of men could go over to another man's house, maybe introduce a baseball bat and say, if this ever happens again, buddy, you're getting it. And it better not happen again. I mean, there was a day when those things could happen. Now, the Bible, there's been a lot of, well, there's been a lot of bad doctrine based on the term, well, the Bible says, the Bible nowhere teaches the, this whole idea about men are better than women. That's not in there. It's, that's that's uh, not a Bible doctrine. Now, at the same time, so just so again we clear, nowhere does the Bible give the husband a right of discipline. I challenge you to find it. Outside of normal Christian to Christian instruction, or 
addressing, and a man is regarded and supposed to lead his home in teaching. Is everybody still here? Is everybody still here? Man, y'all are so nervous about this. You think you're nervous, you're not the one talking about it. So, the, the, man, the husband is not given the right of discipline if she does not obey, but at the same time, ladies, and I, I think ladies should say, yeah, amen, but at the same time, ladies, the Bible looks at the man and says, here's what you're to do, and then he looks at the woman and says, here's what, here's what I want you to do, you submit yourself. You submit yourself. Now, I love how people take that as unto the Lord, and somehow they think that that means that, well, they only have to obey him if he's being, you know, like Jesus. So, okay, let's just be real here. When is anybody on the planet like Jesus? And we, we use this kind of like, you know, well, only when he's doing what God wants, then I can obey him. Well, you know what that does? That basically makes the woman the leader of the home saying, well, if, if I just think he's wrong, then he's wrong and I'm, I'm right. And that's, that's not what as unto the Lord means. It means I would obey him as if I was obeying the Lord. That's what the whole idea of it is, Okay. Now, again, people, people go, right to the, they go right to the extremities when you say stuff like that. Well, what if he tells me to? Let's just stop. You know, are you really expecting to wake up tomorrow to have your husband tell you to go out and prostitute yourself? Because that's where these arguments go over and over and over. We're not talking about stuff like that. That's like, number one, illegal. So we fall into another realm of authority. Like the police should be called for such things. Okay. No, what we're talking about now is what is the woman's heart? towards the man, because the woman's heart towards the man reveals her own heart towards obedience to her God. Because God said, yeah, this guy here, I want you to... And can I just tell you, it's not like women are the sole uh, problem people here with authority on the planet. Has anybody noticed that? If there's any authority, there's going to be rebels. If there's any authority, and, and don't tell me you haven't had it. I mean, there's times that believers get caught up in, in the workroom, the break room talk about the, um, the employees and the owners and such and so forth. What is that? That's the, that's the human rebellion coming out saying, yeah. everybody hear me? And I love how, again, it's like, it's like we always want to find some Bible excuse to run away from this, but here, here it is again. You know, it's something that God has looked at the ladies and said, here, you know what I want you to do? I want you to choose to do this. I want you to choose to do this. I want you to choose to subject yourself to your husband. Submit yourself. Now, I don't really think that's honestly hard to understand. I really don't. I mean, does anybody not know, generally speaking, what that means? What, and that, now, if, if you're thinking that means, oh, great, I've got to do whatever he says. I don't think you understand what the, the idea of subjection and submission is. The idea is acknowledging that God has placed him in the position of protector and provider. Okay? Is everybody connecting the dots? God has placed the man in the position of protector and provider. Matter of fact, it, when I say that God has placed him in that, not only has God placed him in that, God has literally almost built it into how most men think and feel. Uh, I, it'd, be, it'd be interesting if, if, you know, and I know several people have thought about how interesting this would be. I'm sure there are many, many ladies in the room 
who would love for just 10 minutes to have the husband understand what they're going through at that moment from her perspective. Like, I wish you could be in my body right now and understand this process that, that's going on. Is everybody here? And it, it's, it's true the other way as well. I'm telling you, there, there's something about um, when you're standing at the altar as a man and you start hearing these things and you're recognizing that that daddy just placed that hand on my arm and suddenly all of a sudden it's like, hey, wait a sec. <laughs> I'm responsible. And a man, most men, they have all, all an immediate sense of not just love, but there's a sense of responsibility. When that hand gets put on there or somewhere in the process, it dawns on him, I have a responsibility. I have to care for and love for. And when they walk, when, when they walk out and they place a, the baby the first time in your arms, I remember going, oh, this is so much fun. Oh, my goodness. It's like this weight suddenly hits you like, this one's mine. I mean, it's instant protection. Uh, the, so let, let me just give a few simple examples. Now, follow me all the way through. So when it's time to kill the big spider in the house or mow the lawn, take care of the car or fix that thing on the house, whatever. Now, are ladies incapable of doing these things? Of course not. Of course, matter of fact, a lot of women do it anyways. But it's not uncommon for, ew, it's a bug. Where's dad? Or, hey. Is everybody with me? It's not that ladies are incapable of those things, not at all. But even, even some natural things in, in women tend to want the man to do those things. Okay? It's, again, it's not that women are incapable. Um, matter of fact, it's not that many of the things that men do, some things that women couldn't do better. That's, that's not what the argument about. Nowhere in the Bible is it, is it a comparison about who does it better. No, that's not the point. That's not the argument the Bible brings forth. He says, here's your role, and here is your role. And you each are to fulfill your role. And when you don't fulfill the role that God has given you, guess what? You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. You're going to find things. So let me, just, let me just put this as a, I'll just use a personal illustration. So I think yesterday my wife and I were out walking. Uh, Dana, Dana watches some little ones. And so we're out there and uh, Dana had to do something. So I was pushing the stroller with a little one. And we're just walking down the sidewalk. And I look up and I see a strange dog walking across the street. Now, it was instantaneous. It wasn't something I thought about. It wasn't something I had to process. I pushed the stroller over and my hand went like that and I felt her just sink back in because I don't know what this dog is doing. And it wasn't like something that I'm such a big man. It was an automatic instinctual response to put myself between the, the dog and my wife and the little one. And it was her automatic response to go, yeah, you go get him. <laughs> now it turned out to be nothing. No big deal. Just some dog. He didn't want nothing to do with us. But it was, it was an instinctual thing. And it's funny how that um, it's something, again, that's, and I would consider myself, I'm not like the alpha male. I, I have many more of the artsy sides to me. So whatever that means, some people say, well, they have less of that. But again, it was something that God put there um, on purpose. And I, I will say this, many men 
When we say many men would die for their country, and they mean that literally, many men would die for their wives and families, and they mean that literally. If there's going to be an issue, the man is the one who typically is going to put himself, if he's present, is going to put himself into that position to try to protect the, the wife and family. And let's just be frank, ladies, many times, that is, is what exactly what ladies would expect. It would, it's natural for us to expect that. It's built within the makeup of a man. Now you say, well, that can't be true. I'll just point out a little common fact to kind of back it up. Most life insurance policies are on, guess who? Men. Because they want, even if they are dead, they want to be able to provide for their families. And that's kind of an interesting thing. Again, most life insurance policies taken out by men. They want to provide. It's a, so this, ladies, if I can, if I'm trying to aim at you, you're, what's built into your man is exactly what God has designed us for and shows us out of Ephesians 5. It's built into him to provide and to protect. Now, some of you are like, well, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> that sounds great, and I understand that. What does that got to do with hierarchy? Because, let's be honest, ladies, especially with history, I mean, we could look in history, and there's some, there's, just like, as, as a for instance, just like Native Americans would have a right to be suspicious of modern North American medicine, okay, Women have a right to look at this whole idea of hierarchy and be a little bit, e, fear of being treated harshly, of being dominated, and, and what that leads to is a fear, a fear response. Not that all women have been, but it's the fear that they might be, because women, women are born t- typically to look for security. Now, how do women fight that? How do women fight fear? How do guys fight fear? Guys go do something with bodies and physical and muscles and, you know, it's it's the same old thing. You leave a group of boys out in the backyard for too long and there's going to be a fight. At some point, there's just going to be a fight because boys, boys act out aggression. Girls typically, yeah, there might be a fight, but you know what there will be? Does anybody know? Does anybody hear? Does anybody remember junior high, going to school with girls in junior high? Yeah, what's that? Gee, it's the mouth. It's the mouth. And now it's funny because the girls all think, the girls all think, oh, it's just me talking. He's a big guy. He's not scared of that. You have no idea how scared guys are of girls. And I'm telling you, girls are professionals with their mouths. I mean, just just take a a group of five-year-olds, you know, the whole room of five-year-olds. What are the boys doing? What are the girls doing? So mommy said, and what did you say? And what are you doing over there? I mean, talk, 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 talk. And the guys are over there making noises and noises and noises. Girls are very quick-witted. They're very sharp. They're sharp several ways. Girls are also, let's go back to junior high, they can be very vindictive. Not that guys can't, but it usually shows up verbally. Vindictive, sometimes mean. And this is how girls, this is a girl, a female response Female response to trying to protect themselves or defend themselves from feeling like it's their, the hierarchy is pushing beyond what they, can, they, feel, they feel safe with. And so they, they respond with verbal attack. Now, so this is going to be instruction to the ladies. Generally speaking, 
Look at your man. Is he generally speaking, is he a good-willed man? Not saying he's perfect, but is he good-willed as compared to evil-willed? Is his only intent all day going, <laughs> now not what you think, what is, what is real? What is real? Look at it honestly. Is, is your husband generally a good-willed man? Is he, trying to, is he trying to protect? Is he trying to provide? Is he trying to do those things? That is, that is an order given to him by God. It's something instilled to him by God. Um, hopefully, they're going to do it. And if not, they still ought to learn. But he is hopefully willing to give himself for you. That's kind of how he's been, how he's been built and how he's been trained. And the whole idea is not a man trying to dominate a woman, making her less of a person, but rather a man making it his duty and feeling it's his duty to place himself as a protector. To, let me use the word, to place himself over the female as protector and provider, not as judge and executioner. And it's given to the wife in this passage to place herself under that provision and protection. There's a couple illustrations from the book again that, we, that we're talking about that I, I wanna, that I wanna use because they're so good uh, over the years. And so this one might seem really good. Ladies, you know when your husband starts giving you driving advice? Okay, good. So we hit a few, hit a few markers there. So this one lady wrote in after she'd heard and started grasping this concept and about how she would, with her mouth, begin to defend her because she's feeling, you know, like, oh my goodness, or just a natural, like, this guy's trying to be whatever. And so she would use her mouth. But so over the years, she said, I would drive on ice and I would start to slide. And her automatic response was to hit the brakes, slam on the brakes. And every time he would tell her, let off the brakes. So the other day, she says, the other day I was driving alone, I hit ice, I started to slide, I slammed on the brakes, and the first thing I heard in my mind was my husband's voice saying, let off the brakes. And she said, I did, and it saved my life. And she says, I realized, after going through that whole process, that every time my wife, my husband was saying, let off the brakes, he was not trying to exert male dominance. He was trying to protect me. He was trying to give me what I needed so I wouldn't get in a bad situation. And she said, I went right home and looked at my husband and said, you saved my life today. And then she praised him purposefully and sought to honor him on purpose where she used to feel this is just a put down. He's just trying to put me down. He's just trying to tell me what a bad driver I am when that wasn't his motive at all. His motive was to protect her in the, and, and she realized it. She saw it. And now I'm not saying that, let me just say I'm not saying that guys can't occasionally be just plain out backseat drivers, but where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? Is it coming maybe because God has put in him a natural desire to protect, to protect? Now, is it possible, and we kind of covered this already, is it possible that somebody could use this biblical call to abuse. Well, yeah, we've, we've mentioned that. Obviously, it's been done all the time. People are going to use this for their own advantage. But um, you can't act as if your guy is all those guys. Okay? Has it been used for bad things? Yes. 
So you're automatically going to assume that the husband that you've married, that's what he's going to do to you. He's going to treat you badly? Stop and think about that a little bit. Don't treat your man like all other men, okay? And we, we have to add this thought. Let me just add this thought because we live in a culture now where there are, um, we have many homes that have two jobs. As a matter of fact, in some places in this, uh, even, in, even in Jerome, for heaven's sakes, if you want to buy a house in Jerome, you're almost going to have to be a two-income household. When the average income is 39000 and the average house is like 186000 or more by this point, I don't know, the average income can't buy the average house in the city of Jerome. So most, most houses where they're active, there's going to be a two-income household. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's not unusual in reality, despite what we're hearing from the news, but for, even from just walking around talking to people, it's not unusual that when a woman gets a job, she brings home more than the man. We have got that here in our church more than once. In several cases where the, where the, where the wife is bringing home more than the man. Can, let, me just, let me just throw this out there. So modern thinking would say, see, all that old hierarchy stuff is old-fashioned. No, it's not. There is the number of zeros before or after a decimal point on a check has no reference or bearing to Ephesians chapter 5. It doesn't. It's not there. Ephesians chapter 5 still exists. So, so anyways, I just want to throw that out there. Just because the world around us is encouraging women to throw off male, the male uh, harness or whatever, however they like to say it, and again, not saying it's not being abused, does not give us as believing uh, people and believing ladies the right to just follow the modern ideology and say, I don't need no stinking man. Okay? Now, this was an interesting thought. I just throw it out there. Ladies, if you want to be treated like a princess, and most ladies do, they'd like to be treated like the honored, treasured princess, uh, then you're going to have a hard time doing that without turning around and treating your man like the king. So just kind of throw that out there. So a couple more stories. Literally, we're just about done. I, I thought about adding another letter in here, but this is one of those, honestly, uh, get up, put up, and shut up, and sit down. So, so this is, see if we can bring it to some practical. What, when we're talking about the man's built-in desire and provide and protect and hierarchy, and now how that kind of bears itself out in reality. How, how, what are women supposed to do with this truth that a, that a man is built that way, and she needs to be watchful of her use of her mouth in response to how she feels, okay? So let me give you two true stories. Well, actually three. Um, so a couple had just built this big, beautiful home. Um, I, I don't know if you've been around, but there's a lot of them getting built around here. But they, it was a, it was a multi-income family. They had, they had a fair amount of wealth. They were, they were doing well and had some friends came over and their house they spared no expense. I mean, completely everything. Granite countertops. I mean, everything. Just beautiful, beautiful, nice house. So a friend, friend couple came through and of course they want a tour so they're showing them the house and about halfway through they're walking down the stairs and the visiting couple, the wife, they're just in awe looking at this. Wow, this is awesome. So they're walking down the stairs in the middle of the tour and the wife turns to the husband and says, man, you need to get a second job. Now in her mind, this is cool. We, we need to get here. But I'm just gonna tell you what the man heard was, I am not enough. The man heard, 
you're not making enough money. See, if you were really working hard, you could make money like this guy. That, you may not have tried to communicate that. Most women, I don't think, are trying to communicate, I'm cutting you off at the knees. But all he heard walking down the stairs was, oh, great, so my paycheck isn't enough. They're here? Now, I guarantee you that lady was not trying to communicate that. But that's what, that's what men heard. I am trying to provide. And, and so let me just put it. Instead of honoring what he was doing to provide, he was essentially telling him, you are not a provider and you need to do more. Or you're not providing enough. So I'm just saying, again, remember, remember we looked at the pink and blue glasses? Remember we looked at, remember, does everybody remember that? When we brought out the pink and, pink and blue and we looked at the different words? What we're communicating and what, what other, the other side is hearing are not the same thing. So I'm trying to help ladies with, to look at what you're saying. Another one, let's see if I got it right here. Um, a man, <laughs> so I think all of you will laugh at this one, but a man literally is on his deathbed. I mean, it's expected. He's going to be gone pretty much any minute. And his, his daughter's in there, and all of a sudden he's going, am I smelling mom's strudel? And, and his daughter says, yeah, your, your mo- mom's in, the, in there making strudel. And he's, oh, Mary, would you go, would you go ask mom to, give me a, to bring me a piece of strudel? And <laughs> Mary come back empty-handed and says, mom said you can't have any, it's for the funeral. <laughs> now, that's a pretty obvious example of a man being disrespected in his own home. So, I mean, you get, that's kind of a funny picture, but so, and so let me, let, let's turn it around and look at the opposite side of that. Um, so does anybody here, I know some of you, but are you familiar with the, the pastor of Days Gone By by the name of E.V. Hill? Brother Chester, I'm sure you probably know. Great, great orator, good, good preacher from Days Gone By, E.V. Hill, Dr. E.V. Hill. His wife, uh, that whole story is amazing. His wife passed away before he did. He preached her funeral. I mean, it was, it's, I mean, just unbelievable. But he tells a story at the funeral, I think, I think he told the story, when he was a young pastor, and he comes home from church, young, young guy, and all the lights are off. He's like, oh, what's going on? You know, and he, he passes by the dining room, and there's his wife in there with a candlelight dinner. And he's like, oh my. So, you know, he puts his stuff down, walks into the bathroom, and he starts to wash his hands. He flips a light. Not, nothing happens. Like, what's going on? So he walks in another room, flips a light. And he walks in, and he looks at his wife, says, what's going on? And this was her response. You were working so hard. I just didn't want it to be a problem. So I thought maybe, you know, I couldn't pay the light bill, but I thought maybe tonight we would just have dinner by candlelight. And this was his take on that. He said what she could have said was, I grew up in the home of Dr. Carruthers. We never had our lights turned off. Now, let, let me just say how women would do that. They're just trying to make sure they're sharing their feelings and that the man is understanding how they're feeling about the situation. So, I, I, okay, I'm seeing a few ladies going, yeah. But what a man hears is, again, I'm not enough. And what she did is she communicated to him that she recognized he was doing what he could. Instead of turning it into something that would cut him off at the knees, Choosing at this point, maybe this isn't the best time for me to share my feelings. Maybe this is a good time for me. I'll just tell you, when a guy comes home and the lights are turned off and it's his family's house, he already feels like a loser. It's already there. I'm just telling you, he already has beaten himself up. That's well, No matter what comes out of his mouth, what's going on in his head is... So 
The, the question then to, to ladies is, before you, before you say something, and this is true for all people, think before you talk, but before you say something that you might regret, think through what's being said and ask yourself, is this going to come out to him as respect or disrespect? Because it's natural for him to be the provider. The, it's, what, it's what he ought to be. It's what he's called to do. It's kind of what's built into, in him to do is to, to be the provider. So let's just finish out with these few, few things. Um, so let me, let me ask the ladies first of all, is, is God trustworthy? I know everybody knows the answer, so I'll just go ahead and answer it. Is God trustworthy? And I know the caveat is, yeah, but man's not. Okay, pause. Man never has been, and neither are you, okay? But is God trustworthy? Can we trust God? So if we can trust God, then we ought to be able to obey God and trust that God will also work for us. So I would challenge you when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when this sounds fearful and it sounds scary, that it really comes down to a matter of trust. Well, I'm going to be disrespected. And I'm not even saying that some women won't be disrespected even doing the right thing. But, or not feeling, feel unloved by doing the right thing. The question is, again, can you trust God? Can you trust God? Well, let me just throw out a few thoughts. Ladies, your husband, this is when he's going to feel um, like in his hierarchy, like he is accomplishing his job to protect and provide do you verbalize that admiration for, I'm just telling you, this is a big one, for the fact that he goes to work and comes home and brings home a paycheck. That's a big one. A recognition that that is happening so that the family can eat and live and stay. And that's, that's how a man looks at this. A man doesn't look at it as, well, maybe we can go on vacation or maybe Christmas. That's what the ladies usually kind of work on that stuff. What a guy says, are the bills paid? Are my kids fed? You know, are we all right? Is everything safe? Okay, good. You know, that's, so do you verbalize it? Do you verbalize it? When something happens where he instinctively shows his desire to be your protector, is there a, is there a verbal recognition that, he is, that he's your protector? Is there a verbal recognition of that hierarchy? Because he's doing what God has asked him to do. Do you, and now some of these are going to sound goofy, but I'm just telling you, uh, we'll go back to the thing. Can you imagine your husband never telling you he loves you? Well, it's almost the same for a guy when he never hears you say you respect him. It really is the same because that's how we, how we work. Do you praise his commitment to provide for and protect you um, and the family? Uh, just like you need to hear those verbal reassurances that he loves you, he needs to know, he needs to hear verbal reassurances that you recognize his, for heaven's sakes, ladies should know this, okay? How many times do ladies wash the dishes and do the laundry and, and you know, you don't even think twice about it, just keep doing it. But if a guy washes the dishes, you know, it's like, Did, did you did you did you did you see that? <laughs> you guys already see pieces of this in there, okay? It, it's a way that it's a way that you can help recognize that hierarchy position. Um, 
I'm going to make sure I say this properly. Do you empathize? So not sympathy. A man does not want sympathy. But when a man comes home and talks to you about a work situation, okay, a man comes home and says, uh, you know what, uh, this situation has happened. I feel, like, I feel like this. I feel like I've been knocked down. Or I feel like I got a raise. Don't, don't sympathize. Don't Love is not what he wants right then. You can feel lovey-dovey and tell him how much you love you. That's going to be like, he's going to be like, okay, that's nice, but I was talking about work. You know, I mean, I know you love me. That's not, I'm not having a problem with that, but he's not connecting the dots. So instead, move it into a respect option. and Pull the love out of it or turn the love into a respect language. And that's something that he will, he, honestly, that's something he will never forget. There are things that a woman can say along the line of respect that literally a man will remember the rest of his life when it comes out, or a look on the face. It's just, it, it's just there. So never use the idea of um, his hierarchy as a verbal attack. Never use that as a, as a, bat, a bat with which to beat him. Oh, you're supposed to be the man of the house. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't use that as a verbal attack. Okay, that's, that's well, anyways, I think you get the picture. I don't think I have to over-explain that. Um, don't, this will be a very careful one. In body language or in verbal language, be careful about putting down his job, his profession, or how much he makes. That, that's just another area where a guy immediately is going to feel like his hierarchy is pointless. His, his job as protector and provider is pointless. Maybe look for those ways like Evie Hill's wife to light the candles around bad situations. In, instead of turning it into a, a moment where um, you're expressing your feelings. Now granted, there, there may come a time for that. There, there should come a time for that over time. And he's come in the right place. But when it's in the heat of the moment, it's not time to haul out your feelings and make sure he understands your feelings. What he needs probably in the immediate is a reassurance that you do understand what he's doing and you do respect what he's doing and you will make it through this. Everybody here? Okay. Oh boy, here's a fun one. When it comes to finances, uh, and by the way, Whoever handles the finances in the house, that's, that's between husband and wife. That, never, that doesn't mean a man doesn't feel some responsibility for it. When it comes to finances, be careful about how you bring up some things and make sure with offering solutions, you're also offering solutions that, that, that talk about what you can do as well in the situation, whether it be cut spending here. Just, it's, it's a good place when you talk about finances to, to use some very careful language and respectful language because guys, that, that's something about the wallet and provision is an immediate uh, point of uh, like bear open the chest and stab me in the heart instantaneously. It's like I have no armor when we get to talk about finances. So anyways, now, now that we've said all that, let's go back and read Ephesians chapter 5 again. See if it helps trigger a few things just a little bit. <clears throat> And maybe it might be good to even start back in verse 18 again. 
Be not drunk with wine or is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things. That would include husbands and wives. Number 20, verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. What did Christ do for the church? He gave himself. Verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their, their own husbands in every thing. So I'll just tell you, talking to ladies, I hope I'm getting the language correct where I'm communicating the, the, the proper ideology. But God has, God has given the man the position of protector and provider. So ladies, be careful with your, with your language and how you communicate to him in his position of protector and provider. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father.